we've been talking about this wonderful subject, which we will continue, called How to Be Led by the Spirit. And I believe we're part seven today, and I've been taking my time because the Lord said, take your time on this. So let me just start where I picked off. I obviously can't repeat things from the past, but let me just start with this, and then we'll move into some other, other area that we haven't covered. But let's just start again with John chapter seven. Would you mind turning there with me? Uh, John chapter seven. While you're looking, I'll remind you of our two main verses. It's Hebrews, uh, Hebrews, uh, Romans eight sixteen. 16. Uh, the, the, the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. Where does he bear witness? With our minds? With our bodies? The Holy Spirit communicates or bears witness and knowing with our spirit. Now our other main verse is Proverbs 20, 28. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly or the innermost being. The spirit of man, your spirit, is God's candle. What is a candle? It's a light, it's a lamp, it provides guidance. It provides uh, when there's light, you know what to do. You're not stumbling around. You know this. In other words, it represents guidance. It represents instruction. So the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Where does God provide his guidance in your life? Not to your mind. He provides it to your spirit. Your mind has to catch up with your spirit, and it will, and we'll, we'll talk about that as well. But it starts, it originates in your spirit. So when you've got a problem, don't try to go immediately go up here like what the sinners do. They go up here to try to figure it out, but you don't know it. The answer's not up there. The answer's down in here. So you need to get down where the guidance or the light of God is for that situation is in here. Right? Are you with me? Because your spirit is God's guidance. It's God's candle in your life. As a New Testament believer, not Old Testament, this is New Testament doctrine. Sinners today, your co-workers that aren't saved, your neighbors that aren't saved, your loved ones that aren't saved, their, their spirit is existing. If they die, they're going to go to hell or heaven. They're existing, but if they're not saved, their spirit has no light in it. Because Jesus puts light in our spirit. And that means that every decision we ever have to make, every step we ever have to take, there's guidance, there's leading, there's instruction, what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. Because he leads us by our spirit, because that's where the light is, that's where the guidance is. Amen? And notice that the light is in our spirit, the guidance is in our spirit, but the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit. So the Holy Spirit is in here. Now, we also know that when we pray, I'm quoting you 1 Corinthians 14, 14. When I speak in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind or my understanding is unfruitful or unused. So we see the difference between soul and spirit. Your soul is part of your mind, emotions, and will. Your spirit is the real you. Remember, we talked about all this at the beginning of the series. And your body is the extension, uh, what walks things out in this realm. But your spirit man is what prays. So now let's read John 7, and then let's put it together and then move on. John chapter 7 and verse, what did I say? 37, I believe. John 7, 37. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Notice what he said, he that believeth on me. What does that mean? He that is born again. Did you notice that? Now, hold on. Let me tell you something. 
every born-again believer is expected by God the Father to be filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. This Baptist stuff and all these other religious groups that teach that you don't need the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that's heresy, it's false doctrine, and it's not New Testament. There are lots of groups that don't believe that you need the Holy Ghost, and you do. Will you go to heaven if you don't have tongues? Yes. Will you go to heaven if you're not baptized in the Holy Ghost? Yes. Why? Because when you got saved, the Spirit of God came in you. He's in Baptist people that don't believe in tongues. He just hasn't filled them to overflowing. But did you notice that Jesus is talking here about a river flowing out of your spirit when you believe on him? Believing on him means born again. A river flowing out of you is speaking about tongues. Jesus is talking about when you get born again, I expect you to get filled with the Holy Ghost and out of that filling comes a river. Every born again believer is expected to be filled by the Father. Not every believer is, but that's God's highest flow. Amen. So we see here, he says, come and drink. He that believes on me, verse 38, as the scripture has said, he's quoting the Old Testament, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. That's a prophecy coming to pass. But this he spake, what? This living water. He spoke of what? The spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, future tense, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So this is prophetic. Jesus is saying, I'm about to go to the cross. I'm about to be glorified. 50 days later on the day of Pentecost, we see that in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Ghost is going to come. And verse 4 says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance or the ability. Who was speaking? The Spirit or them? They were praying as he gave the ability, but they were praying. This is what Jesus is prophesying. The spirit has not yet come because I've not died and risen. But when I die and rise, the spirit's going to come. When he comes, he's going to give you something. What he gives you is going to be a river of living water flowing out of your where? Your belly. Where's your belly? Your spirit man. The, The spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord searching all the inner parts of the belly. When I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit, my, in my belly region, in my, in my innermost being area, my spirit prays. So now we see that this is saying, Jesus is saying a wonderful prophecy here. He's basically saying, when I die, if you believe on me, the Holy Ghost will fill you. And out of your belly, your innermost being, your spirit man will flow a river of living water and that's called tongues. Then Paul later says, when I pray in this tongues or this river, my spirit prays. Why? Because that living water comes out of my belly. Every believer is supposed to have the Holy Ghost, be baptized in the Holy Ghost, and have the evidence of speaking in other tongues. If you don't, you'll still go to heaven without it. But you will live a much more limited life on the earth. Because it's, it's the key that steps you over into the supernatural realm when you receive this. So now let's put it together. He says the light or the guidance or the lamp is in your spirit. And he also said out of your spirit comes a language called tongues. So when, put two and two together. When you speak in this language of a river, 
the lighter guidance that was in there comes out. So how does God guide you? By your spirit. How do you figure it out? Pray it out in the Holy Ghost. The more you pray in the Holy Ghost, the more guidance is prayed out. The more light is prayed out. The more God's will for your life is prayed out. The more you pray it out, out of your spirit, your mind catches up to your spirit and your mind starts realizing what your spirit's been praying and then your body can start exercising and manifesting what you were praying. Now that is the overall umbrella view where we're breaking it down in a lot more specific detail to try to explain to you what your soul is, what your spirit is. How does your mind catch up? How does God speak to you? There's a lot of things that we're talking. It's a vast subject. I can't get through. We can't talk about everything. It's not an exhaustive study, but I'm trying to hit some main points so that you'll understand the life of God is in your spirit. The light of God is in your spirit. God communicates to you in your spirit, not your mind, your spirit. Your mind catches up, but it starts in your spirit. The way that you'll be able to figure things out if you pray more in tongues, because out of your belly is going to flow rivers of the spirit. And your spirit is the one praying when you pray in other tongues. You see all these scriptures I'm giving you, is it making sense to you? So what you should take away is one simple thing. The more I pray in tongues, the more guidance I'll have. The more I pray in tongues, the more the Holy Ghost can lead me. The more I pray in tongues, the more I'll know the path in front of me. Because the more I pray in tongues, the more my spirit prays, the more, the more living water flows out of my belly. Praise God. Oh, it's so important. So we're talking about the importance of praying in other tongues. Put that quote up that you started at the beginning of last service with all the leadings that I've ever gotten have come out of my spirit, Kenneth Hagin said. And most of them have come while I was praying in other tongues. You could understand why. Because you see your spirits active. All the leadings. Notice he didn't say, he didn't say, Hortense, that all the leadings I've ever got came by prophecy. Did you see that? He said, it came out of my spirit. Why? Because God communicates to men through spirit. The, another verse says, God is a spirit. And those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. He's a spirit. He's not a soul. He has a soul, but he's not a soul. He is a spirit. I shared this in the early parts. If you didn't listen, you better listen because I can't go through everything again. But Paul taught the difference of calling your spirit your inner or inward man. Peter called it the hidden man of the heart. And then I should explain the difference between heart and soul and heart and spirit. And we won't go through that all in a previous message. But this spirit of a man is the real you. It's the real you. And this spirit is who, how God gets things over to you. And Kenneth Hagin said the leadings that he got is out of his spirit most of the time, not all the time, is when he prayed in other tongues. Why? Because when you pray in tongues, your spirit man makes movement. If you never pray in tongues, you're only moving your brain. You're not moving your spirit. Praying in the spirit gets your spirit man active. Go to the next quote and we see again one reason that we failed so miserably in the church world as a whole. We've done so much of just one kind of praying. Praying with our understanding or mental prayers. We've endeavored to fight spiritual battles with mental abilities instead of praying out of our spirits. There's nine kinds of prayer. Eight of them are of the understanding. One of them is of the spirit. You could pray the prayer of praise and worship. You could pray the prayer of commitment. You can pray the prayer of faith. You can pray the, there's lots of prayers that you can pray, but all of them are with your understanding. And we should pray with our understanding because you can accomplish much by praying with your understanding. We're not saying no about praying with your understanding. What Dad Hagen has said is 
most of the kind of praying that the church has done is those eight kinds of mental, natural, they're, they're, they're in your mind prayers. Now you can still release your faith by praying with, with your understanding, and you should. You can pray the word by praying with your understanding. But it's not the same measure of power as when you get into that one kind of prayer called praying out of your spirit, which is praying with other tongues. That allows you not to just rely on mental abilities, but there's certain things out of your spirit that will come out that your mind knows nothing about. That's why Paul said, if you remember in 1 Corinthians 14, he said, I pray in tongues more than you all. Did you notice he didn't say, I pray the praise of prayer and worship more than you all? Did you notice he didn't say, I pray the prayer of commitment more than you all? Or I pray the prayer of faith more than you all? All of those are important and have their place. What's the one thing he said, I pray more than anybody? And I'm telling you to pray more than anybody. And I'm asking you to exceed my praying. That's what he's saying to the Corinthian church. Praying in the Holy Ghost, I pray more than you all. They put an emphasis on praying in the Spirit. That's why we put an emphasis, because the Bible puts an emphasis. Amen. Now, uh, go to the next one. This is an important one. In every crisis of life, learn to just calm your emotions when you're into a problem, or when you're into a trauma, or when you're into a crisis, because the answer is not in your mind. The answer is in your spirit. In every crisis of life, I've learned to look to my spirit, Kenneth Hagin said, inside me. I've learned to pray in other tongues. And while I'm praying in other tongues, there comes guidance up from the inside of me. Because see, my spirit's active, of course, when he's talking about when he prays in tongues. My body's not active. My mind's not active. My spirit's active. And it's through my spirit that he's going to guide me. And sometimes while I'm praying in tongues, I don't know a word that's said in English. Sometimes I'll interpret it. And through the interpretation, I'll get some light and guidance. But most of the time, not so just once in a while, but many times, just while I'm praying in tongues, from somewhere down, way down in here, he touched his belly, it'll just come up. It's difficult to explain spiritual things in natural ways, but it'll just rise up in me. Just like you can sense something rising up in you, and it begins to take shape and form. I like the way he says it. That's exactly what, that's exactly how it works. I, I can't explain it to you in natural terms, but something rises up and you, you sense it rising, but you don't even know what it is. And as it, gets, as it comes more and more, it starts to take shape and form. What does that mean? Your mind starts to figure out what it is. That's what the shape and form means. Your soul starts to acknowledge it. And you couldn't tell anybody mentally how you knew it to save your life because you understand you don't have anything to do with it. But you know exactly on the inside of you what to do. It's such an encouragement because you see, you can know if you do face another crisis, you know where your help comes from. You know how to get it. Your help comes from, I know the, I know the psalmist says, I looked in my eyes, look under the hills from whence my help comes from. <laughs> One of Brother Hagin's worship leaders, worship people in his Ramus Singers and Band was sharing and, and Dad Hagin said, where does your help come from? And he quoted that verse, big mistake. When you're on the Ramus Singers and Band, you better know doctrine. He says, well, my look unto the hills from whence my help comes. It sounds religious because he's quoting Psalms, but that's not what your help comes from in the New Testament. And Brother Hagin rebuked him in front of a whole thousands of people and said, that ain't right. That's not where your help comes from. You don't look to the hills. You look to your spirit. That's where your help comes from. You see, you can read these Psalms, which are old covenant and wonderful, and they encourage us, but you got to see it through the cross and through the day of Pentecost. Do you understand? Because I don't look up, in other words, I don't look up to natural things for my help. I look down into my spirit because that's where the Holy Ghost lives and that's where my help comes from. 
Praise God. Now go back on the same quote, please. Go back to this next previous page. Same quote, previous page. Okay, now watch this now. Sometimes, you know, you won't know a word that's said in English. Sometimes I'll interpret it. I want to bring attention to this phrase for a second. Sometimes I'll interpret it, and through the interpretation, I'll get some light and some guidance. But most of the time, not so. Just once in a while. Now, what is Brother Hagin talking about here? There are two types of tongues, and I think we need to explain this. There is the tongues, what we call simple tongues, not that they're less or that they're simplistic or that they're not powerful, but they're daily tongues. They're your personal prayer language. And then there's the gift of tongues. The gift of tongues is found in 1 Corinthians 12 and it's and it, verse 7 to 11. And it's one of the nine gifts of the spirit. And the gift of interpretation of tongues is one of, also one of the nine gifts of the spirit. There's two of them listed there. Now, what that means is somebody can come up here and go, you know, give a word in tongues and either they or somebody else will come and interpret it into English. That is not their private heavenly language. That is the anointing coming on them and they are speaking forth a tongue and it's the gift of tongues. It's not their daily language. And now whenever you speak in the gift of tongues, there has to be an interpretation or it was not for, it was not for any good because nobody knows what you're saying in tongues. So somebody has to interpret it in English or whatever the language is of the room so that people are edified, otherwise they don't know what happened. Do you understand? Now, that's in a service, you've seen that happen. But in your private life, you are also able and encouraged in God's word. If you read 1 Corinthians 14, the whole chapter, it tells you that you are allowed to ask God to let you interpret your own tongues in your own private prayer closet. It says, ask God that you might interpret. It didn't say demand of God. It didn't say that you have a right to make God. It says, ask. You can read it on your own time. It's in 1 Corinthians 14. You can ask that you may interpret. Asking does not mean that you're always going to get the answer. God's not always going to give it to you. But you are allowed to ask. Now, what are we talking about? This is still the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues, but in a private setting, not in a public service setting. So when I pray in the spirit at home, I'm trying to be practical so you understand. When I pray in the spirit at home, I pray, I pray, I'm just praying in tongues, I'm praying in the spirit. And sometimes, I don't do it every time, but sometimes I may, and and I don't wanna confuse you, but learn to be prompted by the spirit. Because I don't always ask him. Now, some people say that you should always ask. I don't believe you should. That's just my opinion. You take it or leave it. Because I don't always just by guaranteed tradition or second nature, I don't always ask. Some people do and that's fine. I don't always ask. Dad Hagen did not always ask. But when I'm prompted by the Spirit, I'll ask. So the Bible doesn't say you can only ask when you're prompted, but if you get skillful with these things, you'll learn when the Holy Ghost wants you to interpret and when he doesn't. And then when he prompts you, sometimes it's a little prompting, I'll say, Holy Spirit, I'm asking you, Father, in the name of Jesus, by the gifts of the Spirit, allow me to interpret what I'm speaking out in tongues. And almost every single time I'm prompted and I ask, I get the interpretation. Now, I can ask without being prompted. I just don't usually do it. I want you to know that that is one way that you can get guidance because your mind has to be illuminated about what you're praying or you won't know. So one way that you can speak out in tongues and then start to interpret what you're saying in English, what your tongues are saying in English, you're interpreting it. It's not a translation, it's an interpretation. 
Do you understand? Dan, you could speak to me for an hour about a subject. And I, am go and I could go to Jenny and give her an interpretation of what you said. I'm not going to repeat word for word everything Dan said. But if Dan is talking about this, I, there's a lot of little details I might miss. But I'm going to more or less get the gist or the summary. I've interpreted what he said. And I've now re regurgitated that to my wife. But it's not necessarily going to be the same length or with all the same words. But the idea yes. is communicated. Yes. Are you with me? Yes. Tongues and interpretation of tongues is the idea. Do you understand? That's why you can sometimes hear a long tongue and a short interpretation. Because it's not translation word for word. It's God is getting the idea over. Do you understand? And it also filters through the personality of the person. So I've seen Dr. Dufresne give an interpretation and his personality, it filters through the imperfect vessel. It's still God and it's still pure, but his personality is a certain way. Pastor Nancy's personality is a very different way. But you can't judge it. Sometimes I've heard short tongues and a long interpretation. And that's okay because it's, it's like a ball of power, that tongues. And, and in order to try to explain it in English, sometimes you've got to add all these words. Do you understand? So you can say, God, I'd like to interpret my tongues. And if the Holy Ghost chooses, he has to choose. You can't force it. I'm teaching you something, so I hope you're listening. You can't force it. If the Holy Ghost wants to, especially wait till he prompts you, if you know what that feels like. If you don't, then just go ahead and ask. But if, he, if, if you ask and he wants to, he'll put that gift. It's, an actual, it's a gift of the Spirit that comes, comes on you. Yes. And you're able to interpret what you've been praying out in the Spirit, but you're able to interpret in your own language so that your mind has light and enlightenment and guidance so you know what God was communicating to you as you prayed out in tongues. Now, if you notice here, he says, sometimes... I'll interpret my tongues through the interpretation, the gift of interpretation. I'll get some light and guidance. But most of the time, and this is Dad Hagen. He, he is like our spiritual father, and he's like this platinum standard, okay? I've never heard of or met a more spiritual man in my life who knew Jesus better and who knew the things of the Spirit better than him. So we would be wise to not necessarily imitate, but to take some counsel from him. If the man, the titan Kenneth Hagen is saying, that most of the time, not so. Why are you trying to interpret every time you pray in tongues? When the foremost prophet of this generation says, most of the time I pray in tongues, I don't get the interpretation. Why some people always want the interpretation? You're looking for a gift of the Spirit over the inner witness, and that's dangerous. The gifts of the Spirit come as He wills. Now you can ask, He may not, he may, he may not oblige you. Or he may oblige you. That's why I don't ask unless he prompts. And when he prompts, 100% of the time, he gives it to me. But, but I've lear I'm learning to be more skillful so that I'm not asking and then being disappointed and asking and then be disappointed and asking and then he doesn't do it. When he wants to do it, he prompts me and I ask. Yeah. Now, you don't, that's, not, that's not in the Bible. You are allowed to ask at any time whether he prompts you or not. I'm just telling you what I've learned. But, I, but I'm taking a lesson from Kenneth Hagin who told us that most of the time he prayed in tongues, he did not ask for the interpretation and he did not get it. What happened? Out of his inner mass being, out of his belly, would come up guidance, and, and, and it's hard to explain it, but it would just start to bubble up, and it would start to take shape and form, and his mind would catch up with what was coming up, and he would know that way. That's the inner witness. It's not the interpretation of tongues. Are you with me? Do you understand the difference? 
You can only pray with the gift of tongues when the Holy Ghost wills it. But you can pray in your personal heavenly language anytime you want. The Holy Ghost does not have to give you permission because we are told to pray as often as we can in the Spirit. That regular daily prayer language is not the gift of tongues. It is regular daily tongues. Are you with me? We have to explain that because some people don't understand the difference. And then they read 1 Corinthians 12 and they say, but it says the Spirit will. So I'll only pray in tongues when the Holy Ghost prompts me to pray in tongues. And then you've missed the train because the Holy Ghost wants you to pray in tongues. You don't need to have him to prompt you. You pray in tongues whenever you want, as often as you can. But he'll prompt you when it's the gift of tongues with an interpretation. You can also ask him, but he may not oblige you. Are you with me? Dad Hagen didn't rely on the interpretation. He relied on the thing rising up from his spirit called the inner witness, the bubbling, the thing that takes shape and form. So don't rely so heavily on prophecy. If it comes, great. Don't rely so heavily on tongues and interpretation. If it comes, if the Lord wills it, great. Don't rely so heavily on dreams. Don't rely so heavily on this or so heavily on that. Rely primarily to get guidance by the inner witness, by things rising up as you pray out the plan in tongues. That's what you're guaranteed. That's what the devil can never counterfeit. He can counterfeit. He can counterfeit. I've I've seen it in services where people get over in the flesh or get into demons and they're interpreting tongues by demonic power. The devil can counterfeit tongues. He can count, there's de- things called demonic tongues. You can see people possessed with demons and they'll talk in tongues like a Christian. It sounds like a Christian, but they're totally demon possessed. The devil can counterfeit tongues. He can counterfeit interpretation of tongues. He can counterfeit prophecy. He can counterfeit all nine gifts of the spirit. He can counterfeit dreams. He can misinterpret the word of God and give false doctrinal revelation. The only thing he cannot counterfeit is the inner witness because he does not live in that realm. Your spirit is sanctified and sealed by the holy blood of Jesus and no demon can get into your spirit and the devil can't influence your spirit. Now demons can get into your soul, into your mind, into your emotions, into your body, but they can't get into your spirit. So that inner knowing in your spirit man that your mind catches up with, but it doesn't start there, it starts here. That is always pure, that is never mimicked, that is never counterfeited. That is why it's the only guarantee that you'll never miss it if you learn sensitivity to the inner witness because he can even counteract and counterfeit interpretation of tongues. So be very careful. Praise God. Are you with me? So it's important that we understand. I want to say a few things more on the interpreting. Some people think that everything that is said in tongues must be interpreted. Not so. Not so. A lot of people start speaking in tongues and they're in the spirit, but then they wind up interpreting out of their soul. And it's not God at all. They step from their spirit over into their soul. Why? Because they're so desperate to know what their tongues are saying. That's very dangerous. You got to learn to cool your jets. Just enjoy praying in tongues. It will bubble up at the right time. Might be while you're praying. Might be the next day. Might be when you wake up in the morning. It bubbled up while you were sleeping and you just open your eyes and you know. But don't ever try to force an interpretation out of your soul. A lot of people start speaking in other tongues and they're in the spirit, they're right, it's pure, it's good, it's godly, it's scriptural, but then because they're so desperate to know what they're saying, they'll start to interpret thinking it's the gift of interpretation, but it's not, and they interpret out of their soul, and now they're interpreting things that their mind understands because they're saying it in English, but it's not from the Holy Ghost. And then they go and make decisions based on that interpretation and they screw up their life. 
because they were so desperate to know what God was saying. But you've got to be able to tell the difference between interpreting out of your soul, which you shouldn't do, and interpreting out of your spirit when there's an anointing and a flow to interpret, which you don't govern because it's not as you will. It's as he wills. You can choose to speak in tongues. But he has to put that gift of interpretation on you to interpret your tongues. And if that anointing is not there, don't fake it. Don't force it. Don't manipulate it. Because you'll start it in the flesh, but then soon enough, devils will come. And then now you're into a whole other problem. Dad Hagen would say that people so badly want to interpret their tongues, and I'm quoting, that they pick something up with their mind. They pick something up with their mind and they force it. Oh, I think, I think, yes, yes, I have a picture of a green meadow. Mm, Yes, that must be God. And then they start prophesying about green meadows and that's out of their mind because they watched Sound of Music last night and in their subconscious, she's there saying, the hills are alive with the sun. And that's in their subconscious. They're not even thinking about that, but it's it's there. And so they're so desperate that image comes, but it's not from God, it's from, it's from Julie Andrews. Do you understand? And then, but they're not realizing that, they just see that image and then they say, oh, that must be God. And then they start interpreting out of their soul realm because they don't know the difference between the anointing and their soul. When there's an anointing to interpret, you'll know it and you'll interpret. And don't force it because it's dangerous. Are you with me? Dad Hagen would say, not everything has to be interpreted and not everything should be interpreted. He said, much of what you pray in tongues shouldn't be interpreted. It's the language of the spirit and it's to stay in the spirit. Oh, I don't know if they like that. Now put up that next quote, please. You always want, you always want that unction in your spirit to interpret. You don't want to just try something or just force something if there isn't anything flowing out of your spirit. Do you understand? It's flowing out of my spirit. Now, if there's an interpretation, that same flow out of my spirit, and thus saith the Lord, the Lord says, there'll be that flow. But then there's a difference. You've got to learn the difference when you're praying in the spirit, and then you pause, and you're creating, and, it's, and it's, you're conjuring it with your mind, and you're saying out of your mind, there's, there's not an anointing there. It's a forced act. It's a manipulated act. You've got to be able to tell the difference. I know some of you think this is Bible school depth material. And it is. But none of you come to Bible school, so I'm forced to preach it on Sunday morning. Because it's too important for you to miss. You have to learn this if you're going to be a spiritual person. You don't want to that. You you always want an unction. What does an unction mean? It's an anointing. It's a moving of the spirit. It's where the Holy Ghost is moving. You want that unction. You want that movement. You want that anointing. If you're going to interpret, don't just try or force something. If it's not flowing, flowing, when you interpret, you don't have to pause and come up with the next thought and come up with the next thought and come up with, it just flows. It almost bypasses your mind, although it doesn't because you have to speak in English, but it's not, you're not analyzing and creating. There's no creation. There's no creative power in interpreting. It just flows and you just speak it out. Same with prophecy. It flows and you speak it out. The way, the way I like to explain it is with the Kleenex box because when you prophesy or interpreting tongues, it's more or less the same thing. It's different anointing, but it's almost the same. When you, it's not like you're going, uh, thus saith the Lord, and then you're thinking and creating the next thought. That's the soul realm. If you keep doing that, demons will start whispering to you and you'll start speaking by demon power. So don't get into the soul because demons, that's their territory is soul realm. The spirit, they're not welcome. You stay in your spirit, the devil won't ever be able to influence because that's where he's in on his territory. Yes. 
So when I interpret my tongues or I prophesy, prophecy is a stronger anointing and it doesn't require tongues, it's just a direct speaking, but interpreting tongues requires tongues first and then you're interpreting it. I, I do it like this. This is the only way I know how to speak and, and it's the best way. I'm speaking and I only will get a sentence, but I'll speak it out. And as soon as I don't know what's coming next and I don't try to conjure or make up what's coming next. I just say what I know in my spirit to say and as soon as I get to the end, the next sentence is there and I just, and it's a, it's a by faith action. I just speak it and the next sentence and I speak it. You see, I'm not in a creation mode. Oh, what should come next? Oh, let me, I think the Bible says this. Let me say this. It doesn't, your mind can't process it. It's going so quickly. You just, it's out of your spirit. You speak it and the next sentence is there and the next sentence is there and the next sentence is there. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. (laughs) Gotta have some fun. Praise the Lord. (laughs) You don't try to make something happen. When it comes to interpreting, Dad Hagen said that's dangerous. Don't ever force it. Don't ever try to come up with something in your mind. Now listen, Dad Hagen said this, and I've seen this happen. I've seen this happen in services, and it's so dangerous. But Dad Hagen said when a minister stands up and somebody in praise in tongues, and then he looks at somebody and says, interpret that. Dad Hagen said that's ignorance gone deceived. He called that ignorance gone deceived. More than ignorance, that's deception. You cannot say to somebody, go ahead and interpret that. Like they're choosing to interpret it. They will interpret it out of their soul every time. There's nothing in the Bible that tells people to tell somebody, interpret that. What the Bible does say, if you study it in 1 Corinthians 14, that if somebody brings a tongue, that we are to wait until somebody, the anointing comes on them, and then they speak up with the interpretation. It's by the Spirit It's not an individual saying, you go ahead and interpret that. Do you understand? Now, sometimes, but you got to trust the minister. The minister sees the anointing on somebody to interpret it, but they're too afraid. And then he'll say, I've seen Dad Dufresne do that. And he'll say, the anointing is on you to interpret. Now speak out of your spirit and shut your mind down and speak what the Holy Ghost is saying. And then he'll hand them the mic and because they're nervous and they have to learn to do the Kleenex box. They want the whole thing up front. God's only going to give them one sentence at a time. And then they'll step out once in it. But that's why he, but he saw the anointing on them. He didn't just pick somebody and go interpret that. That's soulish and that's dangerous. You see the difference there. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. While it starts with your spirit, it should stay with your spirit, not end with your mind. Otherwise, the devil will accommodate you. You know what we need to do is just learn to enjoy praying in the Holy Ghost. Learn to pray in the Holy Ghost. The goal is praying in tongues. The goal is not interpretation. Do you understand? Don't ever force it. Don't make the goal the gift of interpretation. Make the goal praying in the spirit and the inward witness. If the gift of interpretation comes, great. If you ask for it and it comes, great. But if you ask for it and it doesn't come, don't force it. If there's not an anointing coming out of your spirit, then don't interpret it because it's not from God. The goal is not to interpret. The goal is to speak in other tongues and be led by the spirit, by the inner witness. That's the goal. Amen? Amen. Praise God. I think it's important we talk about this stuff, Jenny, because we don't always have time in a prayer meeting to explain these things. And we don't normally get this nitty gritty about these kind of things on a Sunday morning because normally it's more inspirational on a Sunday morning. I'm encouraging you and I'm, and I'm do that's the flow. But the Lord said in this, for these few weeks, he said, I want you to teach the teaching anointing will be there. And I want you to get into the nitty gritty about being led by the spirit because it's important that they learn. 
And sometimes, most of the time, when we get into this length, this depth of detail, it's on either a Wednesday night in the old days, because now our Wednesday night is like a Sunday, or it's Bible school. And you have a very small group of people that come to the Bible school. And so they miss out on some of the nitty gritty because they don't, they don't take the time to come. So then they don't learn these types of things. And this is very important that you understand. You need to pray in the spirit as often as you can because that's where the guidance will come from. But don't try to force an interpretation. If there's an anointing, pray and then speak out in English. If there's no anointing, then just pray in tongues and be satisfied with just praying in tongues. And remember Dad Hagen, who was, who was wiser and further along than all of us, said rarely did he get the interpretation. Not so. Most times it was just tongues and something would rise up either while he was praying or after he had prayed. That takes all the pressure off you. That takes all the stress off you. Don't try to perform. Just pray. Don't try to, oh, I got to interpret. Oh, I got to prophesy. Oh, I got to. Stop it. Just pray. Pray in the Holy Ghost and relax about it and enjoy the experience. If he prompts you, then ask him to interpret and the anointing will come and interpret. And if he doesn't, don't worry about it. You're still going to figure out what you're praying if you need to know. Whether it's that moment or a day later or a week later, it will rise up on the inside. You'll know. Most times, Taylor, when I pray, and I pray a lot in the Holy Ghost, I don't, I don't know everything I pray at the time, and I don't know everything I pray afterward. 90% of the time I pray, I don't know what I'm praying about, and God never reveals to me what I'm praying about because I don't need to know. But every now and then, I'll, he'll, he'll reveal to me. Not every now and then, that sounds too, too sparse. He does reveal quite a lot, but the volume that I pray compared to the volume that I know is very small. Because I don't need to know everything. I'm praying out the plan. Today on the motorcycle, I mean, after an hour and 45 minutes of feeling like I was a caveman in, in, in frozen tundra, and, and then the weather went up from four degrees to 16 degrees, and I started to thaw on the motorcycle because I was coming from up north early this morning, and I started to thaw, and the sun came out, and, and oh, I just, I, it was glorious because I felt like I was in hell for the first hour and 45 minutes. But anyways, I was just, I just wasn't moving. I wasn't praying. I wasn't nothing. I was just staring at the road, angry that I was on the motorcycle. But then as the light comes up, and the sun comes up, and the heat comes up, and everything's feeling better, so then I just started in the last hour. I just said, well, Lord, I'm just going to pray out. I pray for the service. I don't know what I'm praying for, but I'll just pray in the Holy Ghost. I just started praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Ghost. I don't feel any anointing. I don't need to feel any anointing. If you wait for you to feel an anointing, you'll never pray. I don't feel like praying. I'm cold. But I just said, Lord, I know I need to pray and I choose to pray. And I just started to pray. It took about 20 minutes and I'm not looking. I'm not looking for anything dramatic. As far as I'm concerned, that's all I'll do. And I won't know anything I've said and I'm okay with that. I don't need it to interpret and I don't need to know what I'm praying. My job is to pray. It's not to figure anything else out. It's just to pray. And as I'm praying, Dan, I'm going, I'm going. And as I'm praying, the whole, I could feel the anointing start to bubble in my spirit like a pot boiling. I could feel it start to bubble. And as I'm praying, I start to kind of laugh. Not like belly laugh, like you're laughing at a joke or like you're laughing in a Richard Roberts meeting. Not that kind of laughter, but it was a laughter, but it's still spiritual because it come up out of my spirit. And I'm going, mash, ta, hash, ta, ha, ti, ush, ta, ha, 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 ha,
Hoshamaka itete. Eshtomoka ha 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 That's how I, and I'm riding the motorcycle and I'm just praying. But at first it was dead dry, nothing. And then it's not dead dry, but it feels dead dry. But then something's bubbling. And then I, this laughter starts to come. And then I could tell the flow. The flow changed. God didn't speak to me. I didn't interpret anything. I just knew by my inner witness. The flow right now is to celebrate and rejoice. To continue yeah. praying in the spirit would have grieved the spirit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I started going, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Now a guy pulls up in a Mercedes Benz, a red Mercedes Benz convertible. Now I'm screaming at the top of my lungs in my helmet. And he's right beside me. And I, I know he can hear me. Even at that speed, he can hear me. And I didn't dare look. Dear God, what is he going to think? Who cares what he thinks? I'm not here to impress Mercedes-Benz boy. And I can't hold it back even if I tried. And the anointing came on me so hard while I was driving that motorcycle. I mean, you'd think God don't do it now. Do it in the prayer meeting. Let me tell you, God will pick at the most weird times. The anointing came on me so strong. Why? Because I first yielded to praying in the spirit. I then yielded to that laughter. Then I started yielding to rejoicing. And after about 40 minutes of that, the anointing, I mean, it, I could feel it come tangible, just like that. And I started saying glory. And I said, you know, if I was standing here, I would be dancing. I mean, it was that kind of dancing anointing. And I said, Lord, I'm on the motorcycle. I remember thinking, I can't dance. I'm on the motorcycle. I can't dance. And I'm saying glory to glory. To, and I heard the Holy Ghost say, move your feet, son. I don't care if you believe me. You can look at me with that tone of voice. So you, I know my skill level and so does he. And I'm better than all of you put together. I heard him say, move your feet. And so I'm, 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 got my, and I'm going like this on the bars, not on the brake, on the bars. And I'm saying, glory. I couldn't help it. I could not stop doing it, Jenny. The anointing came on me so strong to rejoice. Glory to God. And that's all I could dance because I'm on a motorcycle. How am I supposed to dance? All I could do was move my toes. But I'm telling you, they were moving like a chipmunk. I'm telling you, I was moving like a chipmunk because I had to get it out. I had to give an action of praise. I couldn't take my hands off the bars I wanted to. But I thought that would be unwise. So I let my toes do the dancing for me. But, I, but you see, the anointing can come on you where you have to move. Oh, yeah. To pray in the Holy Ghost would have been, an, would have been inappropriate at that yeah. moment. Yeah. It was not the time to pray. It was the time to rejoice. Yeah. And then that anointing started to lift and that anointing to pray in tongues came back. So I continued to pray in the Spirit. And I said, Lord, what am I praying about? What, what is going on here? I, the last thing I expected was this kind of anointing this morning at this time on this. That is not what I expected. I didn't expect you to visit me while I'm driving. I said, Lord, what am I? Am I praying about the service? Am I praying about the property fund? What am I praying about? You know what he said? Nothing. He didn't answer me. You know why? Because not everything has to be interpreted and not everything should be interpreted. I have no idea what I was rejoicing and celebrating over. And you know what? I probably will never know. But you know what? I don't need to know. All I know is that I stepped over in the spirit. And I danced myself with my toes into victory. And I don't know what I was, I don't know what I was dancing into victory about, but I don't need to know because he didn't choose to show me. Now what he might show me tomorrow, he might say what you were praying out was that. He may not. My goal is not to interpret. My goal is to pray. My goal is to flow with the Holy Ghost. That's my goal. It's not to try to have a goal of knowing everything. Some of us are such control freaks. We want to know everything. 
Let me touch you something. God, God's the boss, not you. And you don't have to know everything and he is not going to show you everything. He just needs people on the earth to pray out the plan. Praise God. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. Let me say something else on this. Do you realize that your spirit man, this is a little bit, again, a little deep, but your spirit man knows certain things. It's hard to explain this, but your spirit man will know certain things without the interpretation of tongues attached to it. Dad Hagen said it this way. He said, your spirit is searching out the inward parts of the innermost being. And the way he said it was this. He said, uh, he said, your spirit is searching out your innermost parts and your spirit often knows what you're praying about. Not your mind. Your spirit knows what you're praying about without the gift of interpretation of tongues. Put that next quote up for me. He said, my spirit will know what the Holy Spirit is saying to my spirit. And my spirit will pass it on to my mind. I know this is a little deep. But most people think the only way you're going to know is if you're speaking in other tongues and then you interpret. Or if you're speaking in other tongues and then but you know by the inner witness. But I, I just want to twist the coin a little bit so you see it from a different angle. The Holy Spirit is in your spirit. Your mind and your spirit are so close but they're technically separate. Your mind has to be renewed to pick up what's in your spirit. But you realize that your spirit knows the Holy Spirit. The real you, Sandy, knows the Holy Ghost far better than your mind does. And the ho- your spirit knows what the Holy Ghost is doing in certain situations. Even though you don't have the interpretation of tongues to prove it, there would be a knowing in your spirit. Many times I'm praying in the spirit without the interpretation of tongues. I don't know how to explain it to you, but I know what I'm praying about, but I don't have the interpretation. I don't know exactly what I'm saying, but I'll know the category. Like today, I didn't know the category. That's why I said, Lord, what's going on? Because normally I can, my spirit will pick it up. This time my spirit didn't pick it up. But I can be praying in the spirit and, and I, it's not interpretation because I'm not saying an interpretation. But my spirit knows what the Holy Ghost is giving me utterance for. Does that make sense? And I'll know, sometimes I'll know, I'm praying out for the youth group. But that's all I know. And I just go. Other times I know I'm praying out for the aviation department. And I'll just go. My spirit knows what the Holy Ghost is doing to a measure without the interpretation of tongues. Dad Hagen taught a lot about this, but most people are too too carnal to, to understand it. Because they're so soul realm oriented. They're so emotional. They're so in their mind and in their emotions all the time. They haven't learned to quieten that and get into their spirits. And they also don't pray in tongues a lot. You have to learn to quieten your mind and pray in tongues a lot. And you'll start to step over into that spirit realm. You'll still be aware of your existence in this realm. Don't get me wrong. But that, you'll start to sense that anointing. You'll start to sense that flow. And you'll start to learn the, 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 the wonders of the Holy Ghost. You'll learn how the spirit realm works. You'll learn that, yes, if he prompts you, ask to interpret. And you will, but many times he doesn't prompt you. Sometimes your spirit will know what you're praying about, but you don't know why you know. You just know. But he didn't give you an interpretation. So how would you know? You just, your spirit picks things up. And sometimes I can be with somebody. This happens a lot. I can be with somebody and I can pick up something about them, but it's not by a word of knowledge. I'll just know. This is, there's a lying spirit on that person. This person is a pathological liar. And I don't know how I know that. And it's not technically a word of knowledge. My spirit is picking something up about that person because my spirit is sensitive. Do you understand? Yeah. Now I can get a word of knowledge which is much stronger. Yeah. Then it's a, like, it's not a, it comes with force. Yeah. And then you speak out that word. But your spirit can pick things up about people. Sometimes you don't know why you feel something, something's not right. Yes. 
you don't quite know what it is, just something, and you'll say, I, my gut, something, you know, in my gut, the world calls it your gut. Even the world calls it their guts. Where's your guts? Down in here. But their spirit has no light. It's not your guts, it's your belly, it's your spirit. You don't know why something's off, and you don't know why. That's your spirit man picking up something. Now your spirit man can technically pick it up just on its own if it's trained. Right. And other times it's a word of knowledge. Yeah. And other times it's a bearing of witness. Dad Hagen, let me say this. I feel like this is a Bible school class, Jim. Dad Hagen would drive into a city and he would know the main two, three, four, five, whatever, every city was different. He would know the main demons that controlled that city and he would know their names and he would know how long that they'd been, a, that they'd been in control of that area for. And he would say, and it's not because of the prophet's office and it's not yeah. because of a word of knowledge. He said, my spirit was so developed and sensitive, I could pick up by the Holy Ghost, but not be a word of knowledge. I know that's a little hard to explain, but I'm just saying, you have no idea the potential that your spirit has. Amen. You think your soul's powerful? Your spirit is immeasurably powerful. We just, we just are so used to being emotional about everything that we have not become spirit beings. We are spirit beings, but we need to become so conscious of our spirit man that we walk and live in the spirit more than we walk and live in our emotions and how we feel about everything. I like that. My spirit will know what the Holy Ghost is saying to my spirit and my spirit will pass it on to my mind, but that's not called the interpretation of tongues. They'll just be a sense of knowing. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Can I put the next one up? Because I want to mess you up a little bit more. Is that okay? It is awfully dangerous for a New Testament spirit-filled Christian to put out fleeces. Yes. The most dangerous thing in the world to do for the simple reason that you see this fleece business is in the realm where Satan is God. Wow. He's the God of this world. Put the next one up. After I put out a fleece and it backfired on me. The only time I ever got fleeced is when I put out a fleece. That's <laughs> the truth. But there's a lot of teaching even today. It was a lot in the 50s. Oh my God, it was rampant like a disease in the 50s. A lot of it is worn off. But there's still people today that are very strong on fleeces. And what they say is it's scriptural because Gideon put out the fleece. And if it's wet in the morning, I'll do this. If it's dry in the morning, I'll do that. And, and therefore, Christians can put out fleeces. But the difference is Gideon didn't have the Holy Ghost on the inside of him, and you do. So therefore, fleecing is, is complete heresy in the New Testament. And it is actually, it's not witchcraft, but it's only a half step away from witchcraft. Because the devil lives in this realm, and he can influence outcomes. Now, why did God, the Bible says the lot is cast in the lap, but the Lord determines its outcome. But you can't claim that in the New Testament because it was written and exclusively for the old. You can't cast lots and dice and then claim that verse. Lord, you said I cast the lot and you will determine the outcome. Lucky number seven, lucky number seven, lucky number seven. You can't do that. In the Old Testament, why did God divinely govern the outcome of dice and lots? Because they didn't have the Holy Ghost and they couldn't be led. Why did God let them put a fleece? Because they didn't have the Holy Ghost and they couldn't be led. Why did the breastplate of the high priest have those ermine and thermine, those light, those rocks that would guide people 
It almost sounds like magic. But it was the Holy Ghost working in that capacity because they didn't have the Holy Ghost. But in the New Testament, I have the Holy Ghost. I don't ever need to put a fleece out. You know what a fleece means? When you say, now listen, some of you, I know that you do this because I hear you talk in the hallways. So don't be offended with me and I'm not gonna name any names. But I've heard people even recently say, well, Lord, if if God gives me that job, then I know that it's the will of God. You're foolish. What are you talking about? If God gives me the job, I'll know that he opened the door and that that's God's will. The devil can give you the job just as easy as God can. You are not led by opportunities. You are not led by great promotion offers. And some of you are led by sales. You're not led by sales either. Yeah, you're coupon cutters. You know who I'm talking about, right? No, I'm serious. I'm not joking. Some people, they are totally led by money. Either the gain of it or the lack of the loss of it. We are not led by that as as believers. We're not. And a fleece is something where you are almost testing God. You are saying, if this happens, then you're saying this. And if that happens, then you're not saying this. But the devil, that's the devil's territory because it's in this world. He can, out, he can influence outcomes and then it happens the way that you say, oh God, if it happens this way, then it's you. But it's not God at all, it's the devil. And that's why you can't ever trust that kind of stuff. You can only look to your spirit. And Dad Hagen said the only time he ever put out a fleece, he got fleeced because he said, God, if you want me to pastor this church, then I want you to do this. And it happened. So he left the church he was in and he went and pastored a different church and he was completely out of the will of God for about two years and it was hard and laborsome until finally he repented and he went back to where he should have been. And that's because he put out a fleece. And he said, all the people I've ever talked to about this fleece business, he said, it's never worked for anybody. And he said, I don't understand why people keep doing it. You know why they keep doing it? Because they don't know how, they don't know how to look to their spirit. Some of you look like you're mad at me. Are you okay? Listen, if you've got a fleece and you like it that much, just make it into a blanket or something. But don't put it out for God to make it wet or make it dry. It was permitted in the Old Testament, but it is not in the New. The only reason is because people are ignorant of their spirit or too lazy to develop their spirit. Listen, if you're too lazy, you'll put out a fleece because you don't want to pray. Or you're you're not lazy, you're just ignorant because you don't know that you you shouldn't put out a fleece. I'm I'm your pastor, I'm telling you, stop putting out fleeces. That is not how you're led in the New Testament. Well, God, if you do this, then that means you're speaking to me this way. And God, if they offer me the job, then you don't make the decision by them offering you the job. That is a fleece. You make the decision by praying in the Holy Ghost. Lord, do you want me to take the job? I don't care if they offer it to me or not. And I don't care if they offer me 10 times more than I'm making. That is not the determining factor is money, convenience, promotion, pride, ambition. Lord, do you want me to take the job? That's it. I will pray out now, Lord, regarding this job. I pray in the Holy Ghost. And you pray for a few hours and don't be lazy. You can watch television for a few hours, but you can't discipline yourself to pray. You can go to your gym and do your workout for three hours, but you can't pray. You'll do what you want to do. You want to play golf for three hours, you'll pray. You'll play golf. You want to pray for three hours, you'll pray. It depends on how important it is to you. It's important to me, so I discipline myself to pray. I pray out regarding this item, Lord, and you pray. 
Don't try to force interpretation. Don't get impatient. Well, you have to talk to me now. He will show it to you 99 times out of 100 by the inner witness or the inner voice, which we'll get to. But start with the inner witness. There'll be a knowing that comes. So it's best. Are you listening? I'm helping you whether you're listening or not. It's best that you don't look at the options of the new job. Are you listening? Because when you see the pay scale, when you see all the, uh, you know, the, the, what they do, the benefit package, when you see the commission structure, when you see the time off in vacation, it is going to skew you. Because you're going to be so in your soul realm. Ooh, this is exciting. Ooh, I've never got that before. Then when you go pray, it's very hard to quieten your mind. So when you've got big decisions, don't look at all the pros and cons. Keep the slate as clean as possible and just pray and let a knowing come up. And if it don't come up in the first day, then don't quit and don't make the decision. Keep praying until a knowing comes, until a knowing comes. It might take a week. Don't be in a rush until a knowing comes. When there's a knowing, then make the decision and then check all the benefits of the job. That's why you shouldn't date for very long periods of time. And now you've got a soul tie. I can't live without you. You're my soul partner. What do they call them? My soulmate. You're my soulmate. Oh, you're so beautiful. Oh, I love your hair. See what happens, Jennifer? That's what happens. They got all the pros and cons. All the pros and cons. Now their soul realm is all and their hormones are and now they go to pray and all that's buzzing and they can't get a quiet and they wonder why they can't hear their spirit and then they make the wrong decision and they get divorced in a year but if they just would date a couple times to make sure they're not a psychopathic killer that's all you're looking for are they born again filled with the Holy Ghost and will they murder me in my sleep if you can just figure those three things out that's all you need to know they got to be born again. They got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. They hopefully got to be a part of your flow in church so that they're not anti-faith. And will they murder me in my sleep? That's all I'm looking for. You understand I'm joking, but you understand what I'm saying? You're not trying to engage soulishly. Do I have a connection? Who cares if you have a connection? What you need to know is it to the will of God, not do you have a connection? So you don't go through, you just make sure that they fit the basic parameters that they qualify, and then go and pray in the Holy Ghost. Father, I need to pray out because I don't want to keep dating this person if they're not the right one because it's going to cause a soul tie and it's going to be hard on me when I have to break it off and hard on them. And I'm not going to play with their emotions and I'm not going to let them play with mine. So I pray it out in the Holy Ghost. And, and if it takes a week, it takes a month, then be patient. But there will be a knowing that comes up on the inside of you. Now, God could give you a prophecy or a vision or a dream, but I'm not talking about all those. I'm talking about the inner witness. There'll be a knowing. You can't mimic that. The devil can't counterfeit that because it's impossible. That knowing is 100% right every time. Then if that knowing is, no, dude, this is not who I have for you. Don't keep dating them. Well, I'll just take them out to the movies one more time for old time's sake. <laughs> no, because then you go to the movies and then you're smooching with them in the movies and then the next day there's another movie and then there's lunch and then now, now you're dating for six months or a year and you know they're wrong and you know what? I've done it. Before I met Jenny, I did it. I knew the girl was wrong and I kept doing it because I didn't want to be heartbroken. I didn't want to be alone. Some people will date the wrong people because they don't want to be alone. It's better to be alone and in the will of God than with somebody arm candy on your thing and be out of the will of God. I know from whence I speak. <laughs> so it's best that when you know, if it's not right, cut it off. 
and then you're not hurt, they're not hurt, and everything's happy. And if it is right, then it's mm -hmm. But a little bit until you're married. And then, oh, mama. Anyway, we'll keep moving with the sermon. I'm trying to shake them out of their religious stronghold, Jennifer. Praise the Lord. I want you to learn to be led by the Holy Ghost. You don't put a fleece out. Are you still with me? 305, my God, where did the time go? Almost done. next quote up and we'll close. The only time in my life that I ever miss God relative to a church or preaching or as an evangelist is when I put out a fleece. The only time I missed God is when I put out a fleece. The rest of the time I just prayed and waited on God until I got an inward witness. Until I knew on the inside of me what to do and I followed that and have never missed it anymore and have never made a mistake. After seven years of preaching that's a pretty powerful statement. So we don't put fleeces. Okay, I'll talk a little bit more in the next service on Wednesday, so make sure you watch it about open doors. Oh God, here's a real touchy one. Oh God, open the door. Are you sure? Because a lot of open doors are nothing more than glorified fleeces. But the Lord opened the door. Did he? Because you got a big raise, that's the Lord opening a door? Are you sure he opened the door or are you sure the devil opened the door? Because a lot of people act with open doors like they do with fleeces. But it's more, it's more slippery because there's two verses in the New Testament that talk about open doors in a way that's right. So they'll take those verses out of context and say, God opened a door, but he didn't open a door at all. We'll talk about that another time. You know what? The door doesn't have a voice. Your spirit has the voice. And the door is presented to you by God, but the voice of your spirit tells you whether to walk through it or not. Because the devil can offer you a door and you think it's God, but your spirit will say, don't go through it. Or the door is offered by God, but you're not sure, but your spirit has the voice, not the door. Anyway, now I want to read you one more verse because I've got, I've got 30 seconds. A lot can get done in 30 seconds. I want to read you one more verse because it's important that you know what the Bible says about rushing. Rushing. Oh, I got to make a decision. I got to make a decision. Isaiah 28, 16. Can I read that to you? Yes, Isaiah 28, verse 16. You heard me just say, if you're praying about something, be patient. Yes. Oh, those, 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 those people that want to sell you something, oh, they want a decision on the spot. Yes. Don't ever make a decision on the spot. Ever. <laughs> ever. 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 Okay. When the girl's dating you and goes, if you love me, if you love me, you'll commit to me right now. Well, then I guess I don't love you. I ain't committing to you. I don't know if you're right, right for me. Right? Not until I know. Isaiah 28. I didn't offend you all too much. You are coming back to church, right? Oh, God. Isaiah 28, 16. At least you know that we're not pulling punches and we're being honest. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Now watch. He that believeth shall not make haste. Amen. Are you listening? When the cornerstone Jesus is in your life, you are not in a rush. When you're in faith, you don't make haste. That's true. Somebody needs to hear that this morning because you're about to make decisions and I'm speaking by the Spirit. And if you make the wrong decision, it's going to ruin something big in your life. They that believeth shall not make haste. 
Haste means hurry, rushed. When you're in faith, don't rush. Rushing causes problems. The what, listen, let me tell you something that Hagen taught, and I so helped me, it so helped me. He would say, the devil's strategy a lot of the time is to push you. He knows you're in the will of God. He can't get you out of the will of God because you know your spirit. So what he'll do is instead of standing in front of you to oppose you, he'll go behind you and he'll push you. And you'll say, hurry up, hurry up. Go, go, quickly, go, 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 go. Make this decision. And if he can get you to go too fast, you'll make the same error as if he was standing in front of you getting you off into a different trail. Because you'll stumble and you'll get into the wrong trail. Dad Hagen said, the, the faster you go, the more you'll get out of the will of God. Yeah. I hope that, I don't know if people are, if you're really listening, don't rush. If you're not sure about the person, about the job, about the school, about the house sale, oh my gosh. That's a big one because people think, well, it doesn't really matter. Yes, it does matter to God. He don't want you to waste your money. He doesn't want you to live in the wrong place. He doesn't want you to live in a place that's going to pull you away from your local church. Don't make decisions about money. Money will come. The blessing of Abraham is on you. Make decisions based on covenant. Keep the local church first. Keep your faithfulness to God first. Make decisions around that, not about profit. Amen. The profit will come. Amen. But a lot of people, they are, the devil's pushing them, Taylor. He's pushing them because he knows if I can just make them go fast, they'll stumble. Yeah. Yeah. I tried to stand in front of them and stop them, but they told me to get out of the way because they know their authority. I tried to deceive them, but they know they're in a witness, so I can't deceive them. So what am I going to do now? I'm going to try another tactic. I'm going to come around, and I'm going to try to make them go so fast in a decision that they fall, and then they make, up the same, they make the same mistake as if I had stopped them from a different direction. Yeah. Those that believe do not make haste. Don't rush. Amen. Take your time. The devil hates it when people take their time. Now, you can go in the other ditch where you take too long to do everything. Pastor, I'm still praying about the ministry of helps. But dear, I asked you five years ago. I know, Pastor, but I'm still praying. I'm just praying. No, you don't need to pray because the Bible tells you to do it. And if you can't decide after five months of praying about cleaning the toilet or ushering, I'll decide for you. Okay? But that's a silly little, that's small. It's important to God, but it's small. You don't have to be weird about it. But when it comes to marrying somebody, moving houses, going, picking a job, these are big decisions. Don't rush. Pray in the Holy Ghost until a knowing comes and follow that knowing. It will never, ever, ever lead you astray. It's the only way God leads us scripturally that is 100% guaranteed to never, to never get off course. Everything else can be manipulated and can be counterfeited because everything else is in the devil's realm. The only thing that is not in his realm is your spirit man. The devil lives in this realm. He lives in this. There's demons in this room as well as angels right now. He can work in your mind. Your mind is not sealed tight. He can work in your body. Your body's not sealed tight. He can work in your emotions. Your emotions aren't sealed tight. He can work through prophecy because people could be healing the wrong spirit. He can work through a misrevelation of the word because you heard some preacher tell you something in the Bible that's wrong. The only thing he can't mimic or counterfeit is what's in here because the only thing that's sealed is your spirit. It's sealed with the blood of Jesus. There's nothing dark. There's nothing evil in your spirit. There's no sin. It can be weak if you don't feed it with the word, but it can't be sinful. Your spirit can't be deceived. 
Your mind can be deceived, your heart can be deceived, your soul part, but not your spirit. So if you'll learn to really become a spiritual-minded person and look to your spirit, no God is going to lead me by my spirit. Tongues is the, is the flow out of my spirit, which the guidance will flow out. It's the light that will flow out. And you get spiritual conscious, not mental conscious all the time. And you'll pray much in the Holy Ghost, and you'll not make haste. You'll take your time. Pray and wait. Pray and oh, it's so hard, Dan, because people want this drive through. This society has conditioned us that you must go quick and you must make a decision quick or you'll miss some great opportunity. That's not how the Holy yeah. Ghost leads. He can answer you quick, but he doesn't always answer you quick. And sometimes he wants you to slow down and not haste and wait. And it might take you a week or two praying in the Holy Ghost, but when that knowing comes, you can take it to the bank. It will never lead you astray. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. We don't put out fleeces. If they offer me the job, then God, this is you. That's dangerous. No, Lord, do you want me to take the job? Whether they offer it to me or not is irrelevant. If they offer it to me and you tell me to take it out. If you tell me to take it and they don't offer me, then I'll have to wait for them to offer it to me but I'm not going to make the decision by whether they offer it or not. Right. Do you understand? Amen. If she calls me back, Very good. Yeah. the Lord is in this relationship. That's a fleece. Yeah. Now the enemy can influence her to call you back and you say, she's the one. She's the one. And you walk down the aisle and you get divorced a year later. Yeah. Why do you think Christian marriages have the same divorce rate as sinners? Because Christians don't know how to be led by the Spirit. They're mental. They're saved and going to heaven, but they act like sinners. There, everything is up here. And by the way, your mind is not that smart whether you have a PhD or not. You don't know everything. No. You're not the best judge of character. God is. You may have a sense about somebody. That doesn't mean you know everything about them. The Holy Ghost knows everything about them. Those business partners. Before you sign a contract that covenants you with another business partner, I would pray in the Holy Ghost. Because there may be something there that's good and there may be something there that's bad, but there'll be a knowing. Yes, sir. But I heard a prophecy. I got a prophecy. Brother Copeland called, called me out in the service and said, Thus saith the Lord. That's great. And I trust Brother Copeland. But you still better check it to your spirit. Because if your spirit has a check and Brother Copeland prophesied it, don't you follow that prophecy for all the money in the world. Because Brother Copeland is a human being. And even though he's right, most of the time he can still miss it. But your spirit can never miss it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. I, I planted the church in Winnipeg by not listening to the inner witness. Dr. Dufresne knew it was wrong. And I said, doctor, I'm planting a church. I should have said, should I plant the church? But I said, I'm planting it. So he just said, follow your heart. Because I closed the door. I didn't give him the permission to correct me because I told him instead of asking him. And he's very strict on that rule. He will not violate it. So for six months and tens of thousands of dollars, we tried to do it and it failed. And then on that last flight over there, I felt like I wanted to vomit the whole way. But I wasn't nauseous or plain sick. My spirit was deeply troubled. And I got off that plane and I said, Jenny, I'm shutting the church down today. We didn't even go there planning on shutting it down. But I knew that to take one more step would so violate my inner witness that I would grieve the Holy Ghost. And I'd already grieved them. And I went and I shut the whole thing down. We canceled everything and we cut our losses. And I went to doctor and I said, doctor, I, I shut the church down because I just had a grieving in my spirit. And I just want you to know I failed. You know what he said to me? Oh, I know it. I said, you know it. He said, I knew it before you started it. I said, well, then why didn't you tell me? Because you didn't ask me, you told me. But doctor, you know my heart. I may know your heart, but I still have rules. Yeah. 
And I said, but why didn't you tell me? You could have saved me 40,000, 30,000, whatever it was, dollars. He said, son, you need to learn how to listen to the Holy Ghost. I'm not your Holy Ghost. I may know, but you've got to figure it out. I thank God for that. It was an expensive mistake financially, but other than that, there was no loss. And God made all that money back to us. But I had to learn, ah, just because there's a need, just because people are asking, just because people have been praying for a new church, just because people are emailing saying, please come, please, we want to be your sheep, please, 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 doesn't mean I do it. Just because people show up and they love you and they shower you with compliments doesn't mean it's the will of God. Do you understand? You got to go with the inner witness. If I'd listened to that, I would have never done it. But I was still learning and I made a mistake. But I'm glad I made the mistake, not from the perspective, but I learned to lesson. I learned how to not make the mistake the next time. And I still make mistakes, but I'm becoming a little bit more skillful as time goes to not rush. I rush so much, Taylor. I was always a rush, rush, rush. And I'm learning the believer, the one that believes makes no haste. Slow down, get the clarity and then move. And it will save you untold heartache.